Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ivy was the most amazing girl, and she did not deserve this. The father of a young girl murdered with her friends at a sleepover in Oklahoma is pushing for changes to protect children from sex offenders. I've covered a lot of crime stories over the years, many of them here at Law & Crime, and it always makes me think about how important it is for all of us to stay safe. Well, Palm Pepper Spray can help you do just that. It's a small but mighty self-defense tool. Palm Pepper Spray shoots up to 12 feet using the strongest legal form of pepper spray available. It's safe and easy. You just point and spray. And if you want to try it, you can get 10% off. Just log on to palmpepperspray.com, enter the promo code LAWCRIME10. And remember, if you or anyone else is ever in danger, always dial 911. Ivy Webster had just turned 14 when she was murdered along with her friends at a sleepover in Henrietta, Oklahoma, a little more than a week ago. The man who killed her, convicted sex offender Jesse McFadden, was the stepfather of her friend Tiffany Guess. Ivy went to the sleepover at Tiffany's house on Saturday, April 29th. The next day, Ivy's parents reported her missing when they couldn't reach her. Sheriff's deputies found Ivy, Tiffany, and Tiffany's mother, Holly Guess, shot in the head at the family's property. Also killed, Ivy and Tiffany's friend, Brittany Brewer, and Tiffany's siblings, Michael Mayo and Riley Allen. Investigators said McFadden took his own life. Fox 23 News in Oklahoma claims that McFadden was due in court the day after the murders on charges that he had sexted a minor from prison using a contraband cell phone. He had been released from prison despite facing those charges. The victim in that case, who's now an adult, told Fox 23 that McFadden had texted her that he was never going back to prison. Ivy's father tells us they found items used for bondage in the McFadden home, including chains and sex toys, left out in the open. Now Ivy's parents are supporting a move by state legislators to make it mandatory that sex offenders serve their full sentences. McFadden had been released after serving 85% of his sentence. Joining me to discuss this horrific tragedy is Justin Webster. He is Ivy Webster's father. Justin, thank you so much for coming on Sidebar with us. We really appreciate it. First of all, how are you and your family doing right now? We're trying to stay together and close as we possibly can to help support each other. And we're trying to come up with new initiatives to help pass her story and get her story out there so other people could use it to help change laws within their states and to help us change the laws here and to start protecting these kids around our country. And let's talk about that. There's been a push uh, since this happened just in the last several days to change the laws in Oklahoma so that sex offenders are not allowed to get out of prison after serving only 85% of their sentences because of things like good time credits and things like that. So you are obviously supportive of these measures. Not only are we supportive of their measures, but we're also supportive of congressmen being 
transparent with us and open with us on the process of how that works. So he is trying to find a bill that was already created before this session, and he wants to scrap the language in that and to basically reform the law that's already and put to change those three measures, the 85% rule, the good behavior, and being released if you have a, another charge on you while in prison. He's trying to change those to stop all that. Um, and then come next session, he's he's got a copy of our Knight's Law, our petition that we created on change.org, which I hope everybody in the country looks at and uses that language to create their own petitions and own laws within their own state. And that's what that's there for. But Governor Fettgetter is uh, looking over our petition and essentially will hopefully come next session, add even more into the current law. But what we really want is we want a new law and we want that new law named Knight's Law in respect to all the victims of child sex crimes and sexual offenders. With all due respect to most of these laws that are out there in the state are named after one specific person and they probably deserve that. And I don't know their stories, but there's more than one victim in these and they're all knights. And that's what we are calling them now. They are knights. And they are fighters. And so explain to me what else you would like to see aside from making it so sex offenders have to serve their full sentence, like the, the truth in sentencing, where it's 100%. The full sentence to start, 100%, their full sentence to start should be life in prison. If sexual offenders have the ability to destroy a child's life with their acts that they do, whether they murdered the child or not, that child you know, it will have PTSD. They will have to go through counseling their entire life. They destroy that child's life. So if they can destroy a child's life, they should lose all their rights and we should have the right to throw them in prison the rest of their life. I love what Florida has done and Governor DeSantis, and I'm hoping Governor Stitt follows suit and creates a, a capital punishment for sexual offenders here. These these monsters, that's what they are. They're not human beings. They are monsters. They need to be locked up for life or put to death. Tell me about Ivy, your daughter, first of all. Uh, tell me about what kind of child she was. You know, it's, it's hard to stay focused and trying to continue to push to make things right. And then I get asked those questions and that's where I start breaking down. Ivy was the most amazing girl, and she did not deserve this. She was loved by everybody. And, you know, I keep telling the story of going to the school the day after and just wanting to make an appearance at the school for all her friends who she was loved very dearly by. And I went to her locker and I started reading all the notes that were left in her locker. And most, most of all of them, explained of how good of a friend she was. And when that specific person that wrote that note in those notes, because there was probably 10 or 15 of them that I read, you know, when I needed a friend most, you were there for me. When I was being picked on, you were the one that defended me. You were the, you were the best thing that I could ever ask for. She is truly missed, not by just our family, but an entire community. She was amazing. She played softball. That was her favorite thing to do. She 
her and Tiffany. And that's, that's the other thing about this story is we didn't just lose Ivy. It was just the weekend before that we were telling Tiffany that we're going to give her a key to our house because of how much she was here and how those two girls were connected at the hip. They did everything together. And Michael and Riley, they were always at our house and we loved that whole family dearly. And all of them need to be recognized for how good of kids they were and how magical they were. And they didn't deserve this. They, they should still be here. And that's the frustrating part is if our law enforcement agencies didn't fail us and our DOC, our system here in Oklahoma didn't fail us, they would be here today. I want to ask you about, um, you know, Ivy going over to, to the house for the sleepover. I mean, that is something that parents, most kids do. They go to a sleepover at the homes of their friends. Had you ever met this Jesse McFadden? I mean, had you ever interacted with him? I mean, what, tell me a little bit about that. So I can tell you on a couple accounts. Thank you. I can tell you on a couple accounts that, you know, most of the time that we seen Jesse was during drop off, you know, if we dropped Ivy off over there or, um, you know, Tiffany or one of the other kids were staying the night here, um, they would come in the house and we would maybe chit chat for 10, 15 minutes, talk about work, talk about Holly's uh, arts and craft as she does. And yeah, we, we had interactions. I, I remember one time we went to Jim Hall Lake where he usually goes a lot too. And so I'm hoping OSBI will investigate there as well. But, you know, the, he met us out there with the girls to go swimming at Jim Hall Lake and he was out there kayaking and fishing and kind of hanging out with us. But for the most part, I mean, we didn't know the personal side to him. Um, and just knowing who he was based off what our interactions were with him, there was never any signs of maliciousness. He was a monster in disguise and really good at what he did. And obviously Ivy had never mentioned anything. I mean, had she ever said anything to you about this Jesse McFadden that, Hey, he's a little weird or. That's. We. My wife and I, we felt he was kind of socially awkward, kind of weird. But as I said, you know, nothing malicious. And that's one thing that's kind of baffled us, you know, walking through that house and seeing everything that was in that house. Obviously, it was all out in the open at that point, uh, going through that house afterwards. But as far as our kids going over there and staying the night there, they've never said anything to us. So I don't know where he hid most of everything he had in that house or how he did it. I know a lot of the stuff was purchased the day before, but yeah. And you know, our kids never said anything. Uh, so a lot of these items that were for sexual activity for some pretty rough stuff. It's my understanding. You said it were, were purchased the day before the homicides. As far as the sex toys and uh, bondages and whatnot, I can only confirm that the chains and the locks and like some of the, the marijuana gummies and stuff that we were finding that that was purchased that weekend, um, I believe the day before, if not that Friday before. I had a receipt in my hand from Walmart from the bag 
that had the empty package for the padlocks in it and some additional chains in my hand. And I set it on the kitchen counter when the deputies asked us to get out of the house um, after we found some more evidence for them. That was the third time we went back there. And as far as where that receipt went after that, I don't know. Justin, I, I just can't even imagine being in your shoes as a parent because you, you know, love your children and, and want the best for them and want them to be safe. And nobody could have really foreseen this. What do you want parents to know, other parents who might be have, sending their children to sleep over at somebody's house? Well, it's not, it's not just only that. Of course, we, even if we looked on the Oklahoma registry, which I've done time and time again since this has happened. And Jesse doesn't pop up on any Oklahoma registries. And that's the concerning thing, because as a parent, you know, all these internet trolls are saying that we're the bad people for letting our daughter over there, but they haven't gone through what we have as far as entering Jesse's name in the Oklahoma registry, he doesn't pop up. So even if we did that, we still wouldn't have known because the state failed us. He's not on Oklahoma registry. He's on the United States sexual registry. But me, in my mind, I would have looked up on the Oklahoma registry and left it at that because he should have been on there. So do if I had to tell any parents, I would say look at every avenue, every resource given to continue to try to see if your children are going to a safe place. And we need to all come together as parents and start fighting to change these laws. We shouldn't have to go to these websites to know who our sexual offenders are. We need signs in their front yards saying that they're sexual predators. We need signs at our schools with every sexual predator within a certain limit and you know, that will help parents recognize their sexual offenders within their local area. They'll help the teachers know, and they'll help the kids know who to stay away from. We need their pictures at Walmarts, public libraries. We need, we need to know who our sexual offenders are at all times. And if we can blast their face all over, who cares about shaming them? They shouldn't have rights anyways. So if they want to live in a town where they're not wanted, then good, get out and leave. And that's my message to them. We're, the people in America are mad now and they're coming. So you better hide. I'll tell you that right now. Has law enforcement given you any indication as to when their investigation may wrap up? I mean, there's not going to be a prosecution here, but they may be able to provide you with some answers. With the amount of evidence that was pulled out of that house as far as electronics and having to get search warrants for social media and whatnot, it's going to take six months to a year is what we were told to be able to comb through everything and do everything. We have gotten more answers since that first time, which has been a little settling, a little more, you know, I feel like some weight has been lifted off because I was fighting so dang hard to try to get a proper investigation into that property. And it was really starting to break my body down and stress me out of how hard I was fighting. And then finally we were able to get that investigation. So it, it didn't, feel relieving a little bit to know that we were getting the justice or at least the investigation to get the justice that all of us victims and victims' families need and have to understand. And I, if you don't mind, if you don't mind, I want to go back to 
telling parents what they could do to help. There's a system out there that I just learned about this morning called the Raptor system. The Raptor system is a scan-based system that every school in the country should have. And basically anybody that comes to the school, any parents, anybody that signs into a school and is on school grounds gets their ID scanned. And as a sexual registry, uh, sexual registered pedophile, they should pop up on that system. And when they do, they should be arrested immediately for being on school grounds and breaking their registry agreement. And I think that needs to be a push from our federal government to supply all these schools with the Raptor system to be able to track to see if these offenders are going on school grounds, which we already know Jesse was on the school grounds here literally every single day. And Justin, just one more thing. I wanted to ask you one last thing. I had seen some reporting that you all believe, you and your wife believe that Jesse McFadden may have texted you from Ivy's phone early Sunday morning. Uh, I want to say with 100% certainty, obviously just speculating it It wasn't our daughter that was texting us Sunday morning. Our daughter tells us that she loves us. My wife and her are best friends. And every morning, you know, our thing with Ivy was always send us a proof of life picture. And she would send us a picture of her on Snapchat and uh, letting us know she was okay. And that morning we didn't get that picture. We didn't get I love you. It was a quick message saying we had to hurry up and go out to McAllister. Jesse had to work on the ranch and I'll call you later. That was pretty much it. Well, Justin Webster, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate your time. And again, we're so sorry for your loss. Well, anytime I want to continue to push your story out there and we need the country to get on board and get behind us and get in front of us. And we all need to fight as knights and help protect our kids in this country. We can't have sexual predators roaming around freely anymore. And that's exactly what they're doing. They are walking around as wolves in the wild, free as all can be, stalking our children and doing this. We need to stop it. And it's going to take us, the people, to voice our opinion to our congressmen, our congresswomen, our senators. And hopefully we can make a change nationally through President Biden's help. We need new laws. We need to be stronger on it. We need to put these people behind bars for life or to death. Again, thank you, Justin. Thank you. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I also spoke with Erin Marin about the murders. Erin is actually a survivor of sexual abuse. She said that she was repeatedly molested at sleepovers at a friend's house when she was a child. 
I was shocked and horrified that, you know, you hear things like this, but not to this extreme of, you know, you hear about predators out there harming children, but, you know, the fact that this man went on to murder all these, these family members, children, best friends of this young girl, it's sickening, it's horrifying, and it's a wake-up call to parents to do your research before you allow your kids to go into the homes of the people you think you know and trust. Aaron Marin created Aaron's Law. It requires schools to teach age-appropriate lessons in personal body safety. It's now law in 38 states. Aaron talks about what parents can do to ensure that their children are going to safe places. So, I mean, I didn't even think my parents realized this man was living there full time. And that's the mistake a lot of parents make where mom knows the mother in the home, but do you know who else is in the household living there? You, know, you just assume because your kids are so close, you see the mom at school functions, at sportings, but do you know the other people that live in the home that can possibly harm the children? And obviously in this situation, they didn't. And in my personal case, I was being dropped off to a house having overnights where this monster uncle that lived in the home was abusing me repeatedly and threatening me. Statistics say 90% of the time children know the one abusing them. It's not the stranger danger we drill in our kids' heads. It is someone we often trust with our kids. And while my kids will never have overnights, it's a rule in my household that the abuse I experienced at one overnight didn't end there. It continued at an overnight with a relative. So while my kids will never have sleepovers, if parents do decide, because so many do, allow their kids to have overnights, I really hope you do your research and really get to know the parents. You know, have something set in place with your kids, some line of communication where if you find yourself in an uncomfortable situation, you want mom and dad to pick you up. I like to tell parents to have some type of password, you know, with your kids. The investigation into what exactly happened at the McFadden property is ongoing. That's it for this edition of Law & Crime Sidebar Podcast. You can listen to and download Sidebar on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, you can always watch Sidebar on Law & Crime's YouTube channel. I'm Anjanette Levy, and we will see you next time.